the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. If a cloudy evening ahead, may get a shower, low down to 51. Kind of cloudy and rainy early tomorrow. Maybe a little sun by the afternoon, up to 76 for the high. Cloudy and a little cooler on Sunday with a high of 62. May have a few showers off and on throughout Sunday. Sixers with a nice win last night. Joel Embiid leading the way with 33 points. Game four of their playoff series Sunday afternoon, 3.30. That's at home. Sixers up two games to one. And the Phillies open up a three-game series with Washington at home this evening at 7.05. We have several special guests this hour. Uh, but before we go any further, one of those special guests batting leadoff, John Brazier of the Philadelphia Phillies. He's the director of Fun and Games. and chat about what's going on this weekend. How you doing, John? How you doing, Timmy D? I'm good. Good to talk to you. Team is doing well, which is always nice. First place Phillies has a nice ring to it. Yep, especially uh, early May. That's good. You get out of uh, April. April can be a tough month with uh, just you know the team getting reacclimated and, and weather issues, but we're all good. Right. Well, there's a lot going on. One thing to not forget for sure this weekend, tomorrow night, especially with Jimmy Rollins. Well, we got a big, big night. His retirement night. It's going to be a very cool night. Uh, it is, uh, as you said, it's a Coca-Cola Jimmy Rollins retirement night. Uh, we got a great giveaway, by the way. Every fan 15 over that comes to the game tomorrow. Uh, is going to receive a Coca-Cola 2008 World Champions replica ring. Sweet. It literally is a ring that you're going to get that you can wear or you can display. Uh, that's very cool. Uh, the 2008 uh, World Series ring, of which I have one because I guess they gave them to all the employees. So um, it's a very cool giveaway. We're going to do a tribute to Jimmy. Um, we're at telling people to get in your seats by 6:40. Okay. If you have if you have tickets for the game, uh, we're going to do a very cool tribute with some special guests. Jay Roll's going to do a first pitch. We're going to have a uh, a great national anthem. who's going to be performed by Bianca Ryan. If that name sounds familiar, she won the first uh, America's Got Talent. Yep. And we're going to, again, we're going to have guests. We're going to have a lot of video, and it's going to be a lot of fun treatment that we do whenever we we honor somebody. And this will be the first of the three retirement nights because, of course, we'll be doing Chase and uh, Ryan Howard down the road as well. That's great. John Brazier, our guest, director of fun and games for the Phillies. You mentioned that 2008 World Series ring that you have, the real one because you've been with the team for a quarter century, right? Something like that? 25 years, uh, which is um, we had a breakfast uh, last week. Uh, we, we do it with every employee that hits 25 years. And, and I think I've mentioned to you, you know, a lot of people think because I've been here 25 years, I'm within the top 10 in terms of longevity, but I don't even know if I crack the top 40. Wow. There's still so many people here at the Phillies organization it really is a big family uh, that have been here longer than I have. That speaks well to the organization. And also regarding this weekend, never a dull moment. And you know that uh, better than anybody. Tonight's Teacher Appreciation Night to affirm the teachers. I think there's a special discount, too. If folks, there's a, a way to go on the website to look for tickets. Uh, yep. You can go on the theme night page uh, on the Phillies.com. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to be uh, recognizing the top ten teachers during a special pregame ceremony. We also have a lot of game day employees who teach uh, 
has uh, their other job, and they're going to be recognized up in the rooftop bleachers. Nice. We'll have teachers dancing with the dugout, uh, with the fanatic on the dugout. So a lot of fun. Yeah, it's cool. And, and of course, uh, Mother's Day is not far off, and this weekend the Phillies are doing that, uh, Hers Mother's Appreciation Day with a, a giveaway, and one of the moms of one of the new acquisitions for the Phils is going to be singing, uh, I think, God Bless America. It's going to be pretty cool. It's a 2 of 5 start, so it's a, a different start, and we do that obviously because of the Broad Street run earlier that morning. Right. Also, you got the Sixers game later that afternoon, so it's going to be a little crazy down in the stadium complex, so plan accordingly. Uh, my, my advice would be to take SEPTA uh, down. I'll be doing that. Okay. Uh, but as you said, it's Mother's Appreciation Day. Uh, hers Mother Appreciation Day at the ballparks. So we're going to be giving away a Hers Ladies Fleece pullover. It's a really cool pullover, gray and little touches of pink uh, on there. And as you said, Katrina McCutcheon, uh, she's going to represent all the players' moms. Uh, she'll be out there, uh, and she'll be recognized on the field before the game. And as you mentioned, she's done this before. She's going to sing God Bless America. So looking forward to that uh, during the game. It'll Love be really that. cool. Love that. And if I'm if – I'm... If I know anything about the Phillies, I'm thinking the Fanatics mom is going to be probably showing up at some point on yep. Sunday. So Fanatics mom will definitely be there. One other neat thing is uh, all weekend, I understand, uh, the, Billy, the Billy Joel piano thing, I was reading about that. It sounds like a really neat idea for people to be able to, you know, for those who are Billy Joel fans. Where is that going to be and how does that work? It is in the uh, in the first base plaza behind section 119, the main concourse. Okay. Uh, first uh, Again, the first base side. Behind Section 119, we're going to have a Steinway Spirio piano. Uh, it performs on its own, so it's going to be playing a lot of Billy Joel classics. Uh, it'll be there from starting tonight all the way through May 24th, which is the date of his uh, Billy Joel's concert. Billy Joel, as you probably know, is yeah. uh, this is his sixth consecutive year performing in Citizens Bank Park, so he is almost our in-house resident, uh, so it's pretty cool. That's fun. John Brazier, our guest, uh, he's the director of Fun and Games, the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, one other neat thing also just happened, you know, Aaron Nola goes out, pitches a pretty good game. He's been warming up gradually. He's had a couple of rough starts, but he's getting back onto his game. And uh, Wednesday night, the Phillies win. And then the next day, which I guess is just yesterday, he's uh, announced as an ambassador with the fans, uh, the, the Phil Abundance Partnership. Uh, do you know much about that, Have you, the fans feeding families? Uh, fans feeding families is a great, uh, we, you know, we partner with Citizens Bank and uh, it's been in Phil Abundance and it's been a great partnership throughout the years. And yes, Aaron Nola uh, took that role and we're very excited. And, uh, and that's, that's a great thing to me about our players is that, and, and we've done this and we continue to do it, that our players are very involved in the community. They, they usually um, take up a cause um, and, yeah. and they put all their heart and soul into it. So it's uh, nice to see. Uh, the Aaron Nola get behind this. Very practical. And, uh, yeah, like you say, it, it, I think it cements the, the players with the community. So that's good stuff. And as always, good to talk with you. I know we had a chance to talk a few months back, kind of heading into the season. And now we're that first of those three retirement nights already here tomorrow night. Jimmy Rollins, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, I'm going to look. If I get a chance, I was literally standing next to Jimmy in the Diamond Club, I think it was, when they used to have those winter tours. When he said what he said about being the team to beat in 2007, I have that audio somewhere. And uh, well, you know, he made that proclamation, and uh, and he he made sure that the team followed through on it. Yeah, it was really good for, good for J. Roll. <laughs> I remember the writers looking like, "Did you just say what you just said? You're going to actually basically call the Mets out?" And it, uh, you know, and that was the year that they, uh, with the miraculous comeback, and, and then the year after, of course, the World Series itself. So. Well, J. Roll certainly had the swag to pull it off, that's for sure. He did. He did. Lastly, and most importantly, how was your golf game yesterday? 
uh, my golf game, I, I play with a lot of guys that uh, that are younger than me that can hit the ball further than me. Uh, <laughs> okay. But it was a lot of fun. It was, actually, it was a beautiful day to yeah. to get on the golf course. And uh, unfortunately, we played from uh, the tips, which is way back. Uh, way back, as far as back as you can go. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't play the old man tees. Well, you're the KG veteran. That's how I would sum it up that way. <laughs> so, there you go. And are you still doing I that? I love it, though. It's, it's always good to be out on the golf course. We mentioned the Philly Fanatic. Are you still doing uh, the, the broadcast? The, was it Burgoyne and Braves? Backstage? With uh, and Braves? Backstage with Burgoyne and Braves is a podcast, and yeah. you can find it on phillies.com. Thank you very much. You can find it on phillies.com on the front page. Scroll down, you'll see the uh, podcast mention also you can get it on iTunes but uh we have a lot of fun doing it we interview at Tom Burgoyne the best friend of the fanatic and myself a very silly uh podcast we usually do it once a week thank you for uh for mentioning that we have a lot of fun doing it that's great John Brazier our guest taking time on a busy Friday heading into a very full Phillies weekend including the Nationals coming to town tonight for the weekend thanks for doing so my friend we'll see you at the ballpark all right thank you Tim D. all right have a great day and John Brazier joining our program. We also have a podcast. You can check out this program at WFIL.com. Brief break. We'll come back with Michael Woolworth from Bible League International. We'll talk about what's going on next week. And we have a couple of special in-studio guests joining us a little bit later on as well. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Well, I beat the drum and hold the phone. The sun came out today. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 412 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Moving right along, our next guest with Bible League International and Michael Woolworth is his name. Hello, sir. Tim, great to be with you. And uh, thanks for a few moments to talk about our uh, shared campaign, Stand With Him. Bibles for the Persecuted Church. Absolutely. Next Monday and Tuesday, we get into it full-blown for the whole show each day. But today, I thought it'd be wise for people to shake your hand a little bit and get to know you for a couple of minutes and and what we're in for on Monday and Tuesday. Maybe just first off, mention your role with Bible League International and, and how you came to work there. Yeah, I got a big fancy title, Senior Director of Broadcast Media. Let me shorten that. I'm a storyteller. I get to tell your wonderful listeners, what God is doing around the world, even in difficult places, Tim, and then how we get to be a part of that. Bible League is now in our 81st year of ministry. Wow. And uh, in those uh, eight decades of ministry, we've seen millions come to Christ. We've seen millions trained to share Him where God has them planted, and we've seen uh, thousands of churches that have been planted simply because God has allowed us to be a part of the Great Commission. I can tell you, Tim, for many of those years, WFIL has been right in the middle of it. We've come in the spring. We've done kingdom business. We've asked your listeners to send Bibles to people half a world away, people they won't meet this side of eternity. Sometimes that's a very difficult request to make, but I can tell you that in baseball speak, your listeners hit it out of the park every time we come and do kingdom business. And we're simply asking, will you do it again? And this time, will you do it on behalf of persecuted believers? But uh, that's my role, is getting to be the eyes and ears of Bible League. In many cases, I hear stories, but in many cases, I'm there. I was just in the Middle East, and I know we'll be talking about the persecution that's happening in that part of the world. Some of the amazing people heroes of the faith, I call them, Tim, that are living out their faith very boldly, and yet they're crying out for help, and we get to be a part of what God is doing there. Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, our guest. He'll be uh, talking with us more in depth on Monday and Tuesday as we get this Stand With Them campaign going uh, full-blown, really, next week. Talk for a minute about that campaign, if you would. 
Well, let me share a startling statistic. Every five minutes, somewhere in the world, a Christian is put to death simply because of their faith. What's that mean? By the end of the average hour-long church service in America, a dozen Christians will be martyred somewhere in the world. And, you know, in Easter, the tragedy in Sri Lanka reminds us the world is a very, very unstable place. We'll talk more about that and how that fits in with this campaign. But at Bible League, we know Christians all over the world, Tim, that have been ostracized, discriminated against, uh, jailed, beaten for their faith simply because they named the name of Jesus. And so uh, we're doing something about it through this campaign, Stand With Them. A couple more statistics from sources we trust. 2018, the most violent year on record for Christian persecution. And I can tell you that uh, that statistic goes on. It says this, there's no other religious body in the world uh, that's persecuted more than Christians. And I can tell you, as a ministry that works globally, persecution is at an all-time high in places like China, India, and the Middle East. And so by spending a few moments today and then time next week, what we're doing is following the admonition of Paul in 1 Corinthians 12. What's he say? He says, if one part of the body of Christ suffers, and I would implement there, I would add even half a world away, we all suffer together. And so if you've heard of persecution in the world against Christians and you've said, what can I possibly do in the greater Philadelphia area, then this campaign is for you because all of the Christians that we'll talk about, Tim, are believers that have come to faith in Christ. They've come through Bible League's Project Philip Bible Study. We'll tell you more about that as we go on. They are connected to a local evangelical church. In many cases, they're being trained to share Christ, but what they lack is a Bible, and what we do is we promise them a Bible at the end of that Bible study. And so all of these Christians are people that we know in different villages, cities and towns in Africa, Asia, the Middle East, Latin America, and Europe, and we want to make good on the promise we've given them. We've noticed something really interesting after eight decades in ministry, a trend that on average a dozen people are impacted when somebody finally gets a Bible in their own language. Why is that? Well, because they've been trained. They learn very quickly, Tim, that the gospel's not to be kept to oneself. Jesus is to be shared. And so we're going to be talking about uh, stories from, again, those parts of the world. We'll spend a little more time probably on the Middle East. I want to tell you about a young jihadist that I met that was poised to be a suicide bomber. God had a different plan for him. Mm. Michael Woolworth, our guest from Bible League. He'll be with us Monday and Tuesday for the whole hour. Today, just for a few minutes to kind of set up what's coming next week as we go more full speed ahead with the Stand With Them campaign. Uh, details on our homepage, by the way, WFIL.com. You can also call 1-800-YES-WORD if you want to get a head start on that. One of the reasons I think, Michael, that our audience appreciates Bible League's work is, number one, you're providing a Bible, something super fundamental in people's own language, and the cost, just $5. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bible League's work is really to bring these resources in to churches around the world and organizations to kind of support what they're already doing. Yeah, there's not a place on earth where we do not work with the local church. And you know what characterizes them everywhere where we work is they're under resource and in his sovereignty. I don't know why God allows his people to live where persecution's at an all-time high, where resources are very, very low. But I like to say that in his providence, he meets their needs, and he does so through his people. And again, this is a radio audience, uh, Tim, that really understands this cause. In fact, let me say early on, we've had gifts from Kenneth of Philly, 20 Bibles, Eric of Hatfield, 10 Bibles, mm. Shelley of Downingtown, 20 Bibles, Richard of Somerset, 7 Bibles. Let me tell you about a call I had with John and Gail. I call 
listeners every now and then just to say thanks. And I talked to Gail. And I said, Gail, why'd you give? She said, you know, it dawned on me that even though these believers are half a world away, I have a responsibility and a privilege to help them. She said, you know, if this were a child that had come to faith and they needed a Bible, you'd do everything you could to get them a Bible. And she said, these are, this is my spiritual family, even half a world away. So, mm, Absolutely. Uh, Michael Woolworth of Bible League International just joining us for a few minutes today, going to be with us Monday and Tuesday as we work more fully and uh, kick off the Stand With Them campaign with Bible League International. You can jump on board even from now. Uh, call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or go click the Stand With Them campaign banner at WFIL.com. It's $5 for a single Bible, so say $35 to 7 If you want to do a $100 gift, that would cover 20 Bibles. Whatever the case may be, is it better to call? Is it better to go online? Is there a preference in terms of uh, for the listener for Bible League? Tim, whether your listeners make the call or they go online, it's about a two-minute transaction, very, very quick, and yet an eternity of benefits for those on the receiving end. And I know your listeners always find joy in becoming Bible senders. So will you uh, stand with them? We'll do this next week, and I'm looking forward again, Tim, to being with you. Tim, I appreciate your passion and your joy for this uh, cause. I know that WFIL is a station that takes the gospel very, very seriously, and I know you're a host that has a burden to see the Bible go forth. And so we'll be doing this kingdom business next week. Amen. Looking forward to it. Michael Woolworth been our guest at Bible League International. Have a wonderful weekend. And you, I have to ask one quick question because you used a baseball analogy, and I'm a big baseball fan. Who, do you have a favorite team? Well, you know, we're based in Chicago, so naturally I've drank the Kool-Aid, as they say. I'm a Cubbies fan, <laughs> okay. and I have suffered through <laughs> all the losses. But we hit, you know, we hit success a couple of years ago. Yes. We're not quite back where we need to be. You know, the saying now in Chicago used to be, wait till next year. Yeah. Now was, uh, remember two years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it keeps changing year after year. Hopefully, yeah, my mom was born in Chicago. We have family out there. So oh, when, nice. when the Phillies aren't winning, we're, we're good for Chicago. So uh, good. Well, nice to <laughs> chat a little with you about that and have a wonderful weekend. You too, Tim. Thanks so much. All right. We'll talk with you Monday. It's Michael Woolworth, Bible League International. Take a brief break. Come back with more of the Tim DeMoss Show. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 423. You've stumbled, stubbed your toe on perhaps the Tim DeMoss Show. However you got here, we're glad you're here. Maybe a friend told you. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's our famous Friday show. And a very special guest in studio, in fact, two special guests. <laughs> so, Daniel and Nancy, uh, and you pronounce your name just Nicewanger? That's it. Yeah, got you got it, it right? correctly. Correctly. Yeah. And you are the pastor of First Baptist Church, Kennett Square. That's correct. Welcome aboard. Nice to have you. We're trying, part of what WFIL is about these days is building more in the community and getting to know people right around here. We have a lot of great pastors who are national pastors, but we like to build some bridges locally, so... We're glad you're here, although the reason why you're here is not the greatest reason in the sense of the journey and the struggles you've been through, but God's good in all those things, too. That's right. God is good all the time. Yeah. And Nancy and I went to school together and graduated together 33 years ago. We don't have to say all that. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. So if you need any stories, Dan, just let me know. I can. Yeah. She was a good girl, actually. She was one of the one of the, you know. Highest character people I knew back at back at the at the academy. Good, very good. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you found that out. How long have you guys been married for? 
20, 28 years now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been great. Fantastic. That's and great. I have found her to be absolutely the same. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely the same. Yep. That's good. Yep. Well, one of the neat things that you have a book, uh, The Journey Continues, Finding Joy Amidst Life Struggles. And so we want to get into that. And uh, I love the fact that the first recommendation or endorsement is from Nancy. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's um, – the book talks about um, just a, a disruption in my in my life and in my world. Um, in May of 2016, I had a, a man in a white coat stand at the foot of my hospital bed and tell me that I had stage uh, four colon cancer and told me to go home and get my affairs in order. And the book outlines and talks about um, the journey from that day forward. And Nancy yeah. has been and continues to be uh, the biggest partner in that journey. And she, as she's served as uh, my caregiver. Um, and we've continued uh, to grow um, together throughout that. And so as we were getting ready to put the book to print, it seemed fitting that she uh, she's had a front row seat through all of it. So she ought to be uh, she ought to have the first word I love, uh, I in, love in, that. in what goes on. I yeah. love it. And I love that she's here. To chime in and and share too. So maybe start, if you could start, just take a few moments and and give a quick overview from that day. Uh, we can dig deeper into maybe what that was like. But it's been three years, if I'm not mistaken. According to your journal, it's three years tomorrow. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. This this is a significant <laughs> week. It's been interesting. Uh, yeah. It, it is. It's gonna. It's been three years. When I uh, first met my oncologist that day and. Uh, I'm a I'm a numbers guy. I'm an Excel Excel spreadsheet kind of guy. I want I want to know. Don't hide anything from me. And so one of my first questions to him was, you know, what can I what can I expect? What's what's a prognosis? And he said uh, two years would be would be absolutely amazing. Um, wow. And he said, you know, it's time for you to go home and get your get your affairs in order. Um, and so you're a pastor so, too, right? So you've told other people about big picture thinking and. I have. I have journeyed with a lot of people. And that's one of the things that as I processed all this initially, I thought, you know, I've walked with so many people through this stuff, through end-of-life issues, through significant health issues. I thought this I've done this, been there, done that. I I I I'm gonna be okay. And I was really surprised um at um how unprepared I was. You know, you see you experience from a different side. And all of a sudden, um, things are, are different. And I was also, at the same time, blessed by how others around me responded. And I was humbled by the way that God worked to redeem and to transform that which was meant for bad uh, into something that is is good. And yeah. was able to, um, part of the journey has been seeking to be able to find joy in the midst of life's struggles, even what we view as the darkest and the deepest of, of struggles, uh, joy can be found there, and God can be found there um, if we look. And and that's that's a lot of what the book talks about. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Daniel Neiswanger, who is the pastor of First Baptist Church of Kennett Square, along with his wife Nancy, who uh, she and I went to school together years ago, in studio talking about his book, 
The journey continues, finding joy amidst life's struggles, very readable, each chapter several pages, maybe five or six pages. And that was just kind of how you were writing, not necessarily thinking you're going to write a book. It was just your thoughts, right? Blogging. It, and It was. It, it started out as, as a blog, and, and really it started out because there were a lot of people. I, we've been in ministry for years. We've been in ministry in New York and in Massachusetts and here in Pennsylvania. We've lived in North Carolina for years. Um, and there were just a lot of people who wanted to know what was going on. Okay. Um, and so, and I, and I process by writing. Um, I process uh, my experiences and I process yeah, life through writing. Right. And I didn't, um, I didn't want to show up to church on a Sunday morning um, and answer the same questions 15 or 20 times. <laughs> yes. And I thought, you know, the, the easiest way for me to to avoid that and to help people understand what's going on is just to share openly and honestly, this is where I am. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what we're going through. And so I started to write about it, and I put it on my on my blog. And it wasn't until probably about a year, year and a half in, um, that a, a couple of my a couple of my close friends, one of the people that I would talk about as as a spiritual guide, spiritual mentor, um, started to mention and say, you know, this really needs to get turned into a book. Um, and at first, I pushed that off and said, no, nah, I'm really not interested in that. Mm. Um, and then finally, finally stepped into it and said, yeah, this this can be done. Well, and I want to ask you about that because you talk about in the book how you resisted the urge to then go back and. Uh, maybe clean up, change, because even you just wanted to, wanted it to be what it was at the time. Yeah, I did because it's the 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 writing was it's very um, I guess the the word I'll use is raw and real, and I just didn't uh, as I went back to to look it over and everything. There were there were pieces where as a someone who. I like perfection, yeah. and I want it. I want it to be right, and I want it to be good, and and I want it to be perfect. And I went back to to read it all over, and there were places I could fix, and there were things that I could make better, and and things that would flow better, and everything. Um, and I started to do that, and then what I what I realized is that I was changing the story. And that really what I was taking away was the rawness and the realness of the experience. And yeah. and so I, I resisted that. I won't say I resisted it all the time. <laughs> I, I did improve some things, but I yeah. but I really fought against uh, the urge to do that. Daniel Neiswanger is in with us. He is uh, the uh, pap- uh, pastor at First Baptist Church of Kennett Square. His wife, Nancy, with us as well. The book is called The Journey Continues, Finding Joy amidst life struggles. Nancy, tell, tell, talk for a second. What did you, that day that Dan had gone into the hospital, right, just for, because uh, you weren't feeling well, and it was, but you had no idea what you were, what you were about to hear. So no, Yeah, we had no idea what we were about to hear. Yeah, so yeah. Nancy, what was it like for you to, to hear about your marriage partner of about 25 years at that point, and then to, to say, wow, how, how does life change, and, and how, has, how have things been since that day? It was very shocking. Um, Saturday morning, we found out the diagnosis on Tuesday. And Saturday morning, the emergency room doctor had said, you need to wrap your mind around cancer, which I very quickly just dismissed her because she didn't know what she was talking about. Mm. So even with that and the fact that he was on the oncology floor of the hospital, it still was something that I was not prepared for. Um, It was... um, very emotional. I think the emotional piece has been the hardest part for me 
um, I left, and on my 20-minute ride home, by the time I got home from the hospital, Dan had very quickly, I told him he had already gone through all the stages of grief in that 20 minutes, and he had a game plan and knew what he wanted to do and move forward, and it was much slower for me. So it took me a lot um, longer to process um, what was happening, but we did have a lot of people come alongside us. Um, we have had a lot of support. We've had each other, and I think the three years has just been readjusting the way we work together, um, but we've just continued doing it as a, a pair. Daniel and Nancy Neiswanger in studio today. Uh, Daniel's the pastor of First Baptist Church at Kennett Square, written a book now called The Journey Continues, Finding Joy Amidst Life Struggles, including his cancer diagnosis. And in the book, you talk about how important community is in a journey like this. Uh, speak to that, if you would. Community is huge, right? And I, and I think one of the things that's been fascinating um, for me through this journey is that community um, was found in places that um, I'll say is surprising, um, places that um, I wasn't quite expecting to find it. Um, you know, the, our church has been phenomenal. Our, the First Baptist Church at Kennett Square has been utterly amazing. Um, we have journeyed together, worked together, and they have been a place of community. And I, I expected that um, because that's the pe- that's the kind of people that they are. Um, and so I expected that there. Uh, we have a lot of groups that work uh, and meet inside the church that are not a part of the the church per se. Yeah. A lot of AA groups and everything. Um, they became part of my community. Mm. They check in on me when they come into the building. It is and and I'm there in the in the in the facility, they come and they check on me uh, to make sure I'm okay. They continue to do that. It's three years. It's been three years. Wow. And they come in and they'll, they'll step into my office and it's, Pastor, how are you today? And you know how you give the answer, oh, I'm fine. Um, and it's, they won't settle for that. And it's, they step in, close the door, no, Pastor, really, how are you? And so there's this, <laughs> there's this you know, this checking. And, and the other place for me where I found community was in the places where I got treatment. The nurses and the doctors and the people that provided treatment for me. I've gone through uh, two rounds of chemotherapy, and I can honestly say that when I'm not undergoing treatment, I miss my nurses, Mm. and and I miss the the weekly time with my oncologist. Now, I'm thrilled that I'm not there, and I'm thrilled that I'm healthy and I'm able to go out and do... But I miss I miss the sense of community. Um, they became special, special yeah. people, and they, they spoke it. into my life. Yeah. Nancy, how about for you? Anybody in particular stand out or a story or an example of community or, or just people who have been part of the journey that God brought in that maybe you didn't even see coming? Some of the people that we have not lived near in, I would say, 25 years were some of the ones that would reach out. Mm. Um, they would text. They would call. um one of our youth members from the early 90s um, thought that Dan was going to stop treatment, and she got in touch with him to encourage him, no, don't stop treatment, continue getting, you know, you want to live, you want, and just got very emotional about it, and we mm. had not seen her 
in years. So through the blog, he was keeping in touch with people. So our community is not geographic. Our community is much larger than people that we see every day. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Neiswanger, her husband Daniel, who's pastor of First Baptist Church, Kenneth Square, our guest in studio, author of the book, The Journey Continues, Finding Joy Amidst Life's uh, Struggles. We'll uh, get back to them in that conversation here in a second. Just a quick check on the forecast. Uh, basically, a lot of clouds all weekend, maybe a little time of sun here or there. 51 the low tonight, 76 the high tomorrow, 62 the high on Sunday. Of all the days, it looks like Sunday may have the most rain in the picture. Sixers won last night, game four of their playoff series Sunday afternoon, 3.30. Sixers up two games to one, and the Phillies open up a three-game series against the Nationals at home tonight at 7.05. We'll take a short break and continue our conversation on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 439, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Thank you for tuning in. We are joined by uh, Daniel and Nancy Neiswanger. Daniel is the pastor of First Baptist Church, Kenneth Square, author of the book, The Journey Continues, Finding Joy Amidst Life Struggles. And even though the book deals and is based on your journey with cancer, it's really not just something that is for folks, you know, dealing with that. Really anything uh, someone may be facing in, in terms of struggles and challenges in life, and they could be potentially, you know, be blessed by it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the it's all about, for me, is is finding joy amidst life's struggles. And one of the things I say very early on in the book is we all have our stuff. Um, it, that became very clear to me one day um, I was uh, in Best Buy. I was going through treatment. I was very, very weak. Um, and I'm a big guy. I'm about six foot five. Um, I have significant weight to me. Um, and so when you see me, I mean, I look strong and I look healthy. And even at that time, I look strong and I look healthy. Um, but I was weak and I was waiting for somebody just to bump into me, knock me over. And I felt very insecure and unstable. Mm. And I'm standing there in Best Buy and people are jostling and they're bumping and they're pushing. And I just felt very, very insecure. And there was a part of me which was screaming out inside, can't you see? Can't you see the hurt? Can't you see, you know, what, what I'm going through? And and it was abundant, you know, God just spoke in that moment and just was, you know, Dan, nobody can see. Nobody nobody can see what's going on in your world, what you're carrying. Um, mm. And... And then it, the second thing that, that God just spoke so abundantly clearly is, look all around you. You can't see what other people are carrying. And so I stood there in the electronics section of Best Buy and just was starting to look at all the people around me wondering, huh, are, are you going through? What, what are you carrying? Mm. What's the disruption in your world and in your life? And, and my disruption, the disruption in my world and in my life just happens to be stage four colon cancer. Um, we all have our stuff. And, and it's not that in any way, shape, or form that I believe that, that my stuff is, is better or, or in any way, shape, or form different than other. It's just yeah. – it happens to be my stuff. Um, but what I've found is that you, know, you can find joy in the midst of the struggle if, you are, if you're open to it and if you allow God to speak into, into your life and uh, – that's what this. Uh, that's why I wrote the book. I mean, that's why I turned it into a book. Is boy, I really want people to be able to 
no matter what your struggle is. Maybe it's a relationship thing. Maybe it's a finance thing. Maybe it's a job thing. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it is some kind of, of physical illness. But I believe that God can redeem and can transform even the worst of things. And if he can redeem and transform, you know, stage four colon cancer into something where you can find joy amidst life's struggles, then, you know, he can do that for everyone. Yeah. And and I just want to, it's kind of my way of, of offering it back up to God and saying, okay, I know what you've done for me. And, you know, what, what can you do with this? Yeah. And use it however you will. Daniel Neiswanger is our guest along with his wife, Nancy. The book is called The Journey Continues, Finding Joy Amidst Life's Struggles. Uh, Daniel is the pastor of First Baptist Church in Kennett Square. And uh, as the title also implies, there's a lot packed into the title, The Journey Continues, uh, because, you know, you're at near the end of the book. Also, you just mentioned, you know, there's still more more ahead, right? Where, where do things stand at the moment? Well, that's interesting. Um, I'm, uh, I'm currently right now on a break um, from treatment. Um, I have recently had some scans that uh, that show that it that break is probably coming to an end. Um, okay. There's some there's some growth uh, in in some of the or in one of the metastases in my liver. Um, so I'm probably uh, in the near future going to enter into uh, some form of treatment uh, again. And so we're we're talking about what that's going to look like. Yeah. And so. The journey continues, yeah. and that's it's kind of what the it's it's what the rest of my life is is going to be like. There's going to be treatment and break, and treatment and break. Let me and ask you so, this along that line because I I do have friends who have had cancer or or you know they had treatment and it hasn't reappeared, uh, and then I've had folks where they thought that happened and it did reappear, and then you know back and then it stopped or whatever. All this, the kind of the the notion of the word unsettling comes to mind, like, am I, am I ever really past it? So I could think that in one side, it'd be really hard uh, to know that, you know, compared to someone who's never had cancer at all, because they know that cancer has a chance of coming back. But then on the flip side, like you were just saying a minute ago, being, being open to God's work in your life and the joy, I'm thinking there's also got to be a sobering good in there, because it really, the reality, more than the cancer, is that you're in a place now where your life probably even is lived more purposefully and intentionally and with different eyes that funnels right to heaven. That's that's you're not you're not just marking time here, hoping that life has no problems. Does that make sense? I do. I do. I do. I, I do. I understand perfectly what you're talking about. I think one of the things that I talk about that that cancer, the gift, one of the gifts that cancer has given me yeah. is clarity. Um, yeah, and I just became abundantly clear on on what was of value to me, what was important to me, um, and how I was willing to invest uh, invest my time. And I'll be honest. And I, when I was first diagnosed back in May of 2016, it was not easy for a for a period of time to figure out how to live and how to move um, mm. and and what to do. And there came this time where God showed me. God allowed me to see that the only difference between me and anybody else walking the face of the earth is that I had some man in a white coat stand in front of me yeah, and tell me right. that, you know, you have stage four colon cancer and all things being equal, that is probably the thing that is going to take your life. Yeah, There are people who walk the face of the earth every single day and they have no clue. They have no idea you know, what is going to yeah. take their life. That's what I was thinking some about, of them, right. <laughs> some, some of them are going to leave home today 
and not make it home tonight. Um, so the only difference, the only difference between me and them is that somebody has told me, all things being equal, yeah. you have a window into what is probably, most likely, absent a miracle, uh, what is going to take your life. So the question then became for me, so what are you going to do with that time? You know, you can sit and you can wallow and you can wait for that time to come, or you can step into it and say, how am I going to invest the rest of the time that God has given me uh, into the building of his kingdom, uh, into into time spent with, with Nancy, into time spent with, with my children, you know, into the time spent with with those things that are of importance and of value to me. And the clarity came when I was just able to say, yeah, you know what? That thing over there used to be of importance to me. It is no longer, and I can let it go. But and, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that it's a gimme because I could think there are a lot of reactions people could have, whether it's self-pity, whether it's so overwhelmed that I don't even know, like I'm paralyzed. I don't even know what to do. And and to have, I'm guessing Nancy is a big part of that. Your church community also just for for bearings to say, and even to write this book, not like I got to find meaning in my life. I got to write a book or something like because everyone needs to know. Cause like you said before, everybody has a different struggle. So you're not putting this book out. The journey continues because you think everyone in the world needs to read it right after the Bible. <laughs> but <laughs> but there is a ton in here that I, w- I will say, say having read through. Uh, I really think it will be very helpful because it's written in that spirit. Uh, there's a humility to it. In the, in the reality of the space that you're writing it, here's what I have to offer, Lord, however you want to use it. You're not on a, the, the Daniel Neiswanger book tour. and Yeah. yeah well, thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And, yeah. And I, and I do want to say, you know, that this is – it's written as this is my experience. And, and this is – I often talk about, you know, if you had 10 people um, who on the same exact day – um, heard the same exact news that they had yeah, right. cancer and they were told by the same doctor in the same hospital and they received the same treatment and they were, you know, they just started, you would have 10 unique different journeys yeah. and different responses to it. So I, I speak about, I speak about my experience and about my journey. Um, and I speak about how God met me uh, in the midst of it and pieces of it will ring true. Um, for for individuals and people, yeah. and there'll be pieces where you know other people will have very very different uh, reactions, uh, very very different journeys. Uh, all of that valid, you know, because yeah, cause right. That's because God is working in their life and shaping them in a in a different kind of different kind of way, um, and that's yeah. and that's beautiful. That's part of you know that's part of the beauty of who God is yeah. and the Listen, way God works in our life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Nicewanger, his wife Nancy, joining us. He's the pastor of First Baptist Church at Kennett Square, talking about his book. The journey continues. The program continues in just a moment. AM five sixty WFIL WFIL dot com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 452, Daniel and Nancy Neiswanger, pastor of First Baptist Church, Kennett Square, and the author of The Journey Continues, Finding Joy Amidst Life's strag- uh, Struggles. Uh, each of you, if you could, share one challenge and one thing God has been teaching you along these, these past three years. I, th- I think one of the, the hardest things for me um, is coming to grips with what I am no longer able to do. Hmm. I, I know who I was pre-cancer. 
I know um, how I how I used to function and what I was able to do, and some of it's very simple. You know, I, I used to be able to go out in my yard on a Saturday and work eight hours out in my yard taking care of my yard and then be able to go to church on Sunday and preach and move and be in relationship with people oh, like yeah. everything was fine. Yeah. If I do that today, if I go work on I'm out in my yard on Saturday for more than half an hour, I am exhausted on Sunday and I'm no good to the people of First Baptist Church of Kennett Square. And so I, I have to totally change the way that I – I've had to totally change the way that I live and move yeah. and and use my use the the limited energy that I have that is often a struggle for me. I've found that I come to peace with that time and time and time again mm. that it's my it's my brokenness um I guess what I view as my brokenness um and not being the person that I used to be. And then at the same time, physically, physically, yeah, yeah, yeah right. physically, especially for being a big, strong guy. Yeah, That's exactly, the, right. It's not right. Yeah. And then and at the <laughs> same time, where where I see God redeeming and transforming, it provides me so much more time to be still, and it provides me time to be quiet. And in that quietness and in that stillness, that's where I meet God, and that's where God meets me. And mm. and so there's that closeness that comes because. Yeah, you know what? You're not doing all the time. And so you're stopping and you're being still. And in that stillness and in that quiet, Dan, I'm going to meet you there. And I'm going to give you a, a strength. It's, an, it's not going to be a physical strength, but I'm, I'm going to give you a strength that you never had before because you weren't still and you weren't quiet. Um, it's hard to do any oh, – oh. our culture is running a million miles an hour. You really have to be super intentional. Turn your phone off. Turn your everything off. And <laughs> you're going to have any of that. Nan do. Nancy, how about for you? Any, anything come to mind along those lines? I think for me the struggle, especially in the beginning, was reconciling my faith and my feelings because people were saying things like, oh, he's a great person. God's going to heal him, um, things like that. And I had to recognize even though – my faith was strong, and I knew that for some reason this was God's plan for our life, and this is how God had mapped out our marriage and our ministry, and it included him being sick. I was still sad, and I think I finally realized that God was okay with me. One of the things I wrote was that how my heart was broken. Hmm. If you wanted to know how I felt, you know, my heart was breaking. And I, after a while, I just started to understand that that was okay, and I could be a person of faith, and I could believe in God and still feel sad when I saw him curled up under a blanket after a chemo treatment. Yeah. And I think I had to just reconcile that being a person of faith while his book's about joy. Yes. Um, it's still part of getting to that place of joy is to understand the emotional toll that the whole um, peace was taking. It makes perfect sense, though, because joy, obviously, you know, you hear happiness is based on the word happen happening. Yep. And, you know, it's circumstantial, and joy is independent of the circumstances, right? And it, it comes, and it may come through that wrestling yeah. uh, over time to get to the spot. But then when you're there, it's solid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yep. Can folks keep up with you? Uh, as we wrap up our time, Daniel and uh, Nancy Nicewanger, Daniel, the pastor of First Baptist Church at Kennett Square, the book, The Journey Continues Finding Joy Amidst Life Struggles. The blogging was the basis, really, for the book. 
so are you still blogging? Can people keep up with that? Yeah, absolutely. They can they can keep up with me there and the blog is uh, danielnicewonger.com. Okay. And the the book is available on the blog uh, as well. Oh good. There's a link to uh, to the book uh, again danielnicewonger.com uh, and the book is also available uh, on Amazon. Good. And when the program's over we put this on our uh, website and uh, and then we'll put the website the uh, you know, next to the podcast, we can put in the little description there. So we can put the, uh, the the link there as well for people to find it. That's good. Well, maybe we can, you know, have you guys again. You're not too far away. Maybe as the Lord, uh, you know, a few more chapters down the road, if you want to uh, rejoin us, we can hear the latest things God's doing. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> We'd love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Good. All right. Daniel and Nancy Nicewanger, pastor of First Baptist Church. Uh, Daniel is Kenneth Square, his wife Nancy. Uh, Author of The Journey Continues, Finding Joy Amidst Life Struggles. I have my shoehorn out to get an abbreviated version of Now That's Punny Going. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. I'm glad you're ready. How much money does a pirate pay for corn? A buccaneer. (laughs) Thank you. Which country's capital has the fastest growing population? That'd be Ireland. Every day it's Dublin. Hey, that's a good one. I thought that was funny. I went to the machine, uh, the coin factory the other day, and the machine stopped working all of a sudden. With no explanation. It didn't make any sense. Thank you. Did you hear about the auto body shop that just opened? It comes highly recommended. Two windmills stand in a wind farm. One says, what's your favorite kind of music? The other says... I'm a big metal fan. <laughs> and that'll do it. Jim Maxson, Acts 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com